0: the Tides Foundation get a lot of their funding. George Soros. George Soros, the billionaire progressive activist that funds the Center for American Progress. You really, literally can't research or look into any of these things without running into, yes, spooky dude himself. i tried, i really tried, but he's always connected to these things. I've been exposing George Soros for years. The insane amount of money he uses to finance far-left initiatives we're seeing in every part of our society today but tonight i'm here to tell you spooky dude has some big competition and this group is like the tides foundation on steroids it spent 1.2 billion dollars to put joe biden in the white house And it's the money behind every single democrat desire pulling the strings tighter than you can imagine the worst part this new money mammoth avoids reporting numbers data donation they do it by using methods unethical enough only for our nation's most powerful elite tonight we're exposing Arabella Advisors, explaining how it uses money to control our politicians, and introducing you to George Soros's brother from another bank, Hans-Jörg Wies. The fundamental transformation of America is well underway, and wealth is the way they're doing it. Tonight, Exposed. Who's really running the Biden administration? I'm really kind of, I bring kind of a heavy heart to today's program because it's not really farewell, George. I know you're still there. And I'll always love you as the most evil man I've ever researched. But there is, yes, another love of my life. There's another spooky dude. And you get to meet him tonight. One of the oldest cliches in American politics is that Republicans are the party of the greedy and the filthy rich, you know, the party of the big fat cats, you know, buying their way into power. Uh, get out of my way, son. Democrats, on the other hand. Or like more, please. Uh, we're the party of the poor and downtrodden. Uh, we're the humble working man's party. Don't look at him. That's one of the worst kept secrets, uh, I think, in American politics, is that if that were ever really true, it hasn't been the case for a very long time. Whenever the left complains about the evils of dark money, they usually bring up the Koch brothers. My gosh, they're maniacal, scheming Koch brothers. There's two of them, you know, using their wealth to promote Republican, not really Causes! Oh, the horror. Look at him. Tonight, I'm going to show you the power elite Democrats. They built a new system, everybody. And it makes the Koch brothers look like the Koch brothers, you know, in reality. So what do we mean by dark money? Well, dark money is money spent on political causes through nonprofits and other entities that find... Creative ways to incorporate under the part of the tax code that doesn't make them report where the money came from. (laughs) Let me show you. We're going to spend some time at the chalkboard today. Come along with me. So here's the problem: we have so many donors, so many Democrats that want to give so much money, but they don't want their name because, (laughs) let's and this would never happen. Let's say you gave to a cause, you know. Uh, I don't know, something involving truckers. Somebody could hack in and dox these people. So you don't want to have your name anywhere. But if you give to a super PAC, you can only give $200 to that super PAC. Sorry, I'm left-handed. It's hard for me. Anyway, uh, $200 to that super PAC. Otherwise, 201 ID, please. And then you could be doxed how can I get all this money to the politician and to the cause that I super, super love? Well, that's dark money. And that's what we're going to explore tonight. These nonprofits can spend as much as they want to influence policy, often with direct influence on the highest reaches of power in Washington. Let me give you an example of this in action. Did you hear, I know, Hardly anybody has ever been talking about Did you hear there's going to be a vacancy on the U.S. Supreme Court? And one of them just said, you know, I think I'm going to retire. It's weird. And Joe Biden has vowed since 2020 that his pick for the next justice would be a black woman. Oh, thank goodness. I don't I don't know if that black woman is great at being a justice or just okay at being a justice. As long as she's black, we've got to have that. Now, I wonder where he got that idea. Well, in 2019, a little nonprofit that's barely even worth mentioning, demand justice, gave Joe Biden and the other Democrats, running for president, a short list of acceptable Supreme Court nominees, yeah? So, oh, the whole world's upside down. Why not make the. Anyway, uh, Demand Justice. They put a list together, and on that list was a name named uh, Ketanji, Ketanji Brown. I uh, see, I'm destroying it. What's her name? Kachanji. And I love Katanji. We are like this Brown Jackson. Then, after taking office last year, Biden appointed her to the U.S. Court of Appeals for D.C. Now, that's like, everybody knows, that's a stepping stone to the Supreme Court. And he got her name from these guys. They must have been really, really happy, right? So, again, you don't even need to mention them. Well, since the news broke out about Justice Stephen Breyer's retirement, the top name that surfaces over and over again in the media is Ketanji Brown Jackson. Now, I am sure Joe Biden is totally making his own decisions when it comes to Supreme Court nominees. So, who is Demand Justice? What is their agenda? Well, they were started in 2018 with money from something called the 1630 Fund. All right. The mission of the 1630 fund was opposing President Trump's judicial nominees. Later that year, Demand Justice, little group, spent five million dollars to oppose Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination. They even started a website called Stop Kavanaugh. Yeah, that was these guys. They are also the group that did the Handmaid's Tale stunt to protest Kavanaugh in the halls outside the Senate hearing. Remember that? That was these guys. In 2020, they spent $10 million opposing the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. Wow, for a little group we've never heard of, they've got a lot of money. They also released grade reports of Senate Democrats raiding their job in stopping Trump's judicial nominees. Then... The same guys, Demand Justice, advertised against Democrats who had the lowest grades. In 2019, Demand Justice co-founders Brian Fallon and Chris Kang published their instructions to Democrats about how to handle judicial nominees once Trump was out of office. Demand Justice, they're great and they're very passionate about packing the Supreme Court. You know, last year, these crazy kids, they joined seven other groups To form a coalition in support of court packing, called "unrig the courts," you can't make this up. Also, last year, Demand Justice waged a campaign. This you're going to find this hard to believe because they're unrelated, completely. They launched a campaign to pressure Justice Stephen Breyer to retire. They even drove a mobile billboard around the Supreme Court with this message, quote, Breyer, retire. It's time for a black uh, woman, Supreme Court justice. There's no time to waste. Isn't that crazy? And he ends up doing it, but I don't think he's, do you think? They, before she became the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, guess where she worked? Guess where she worked? Yeah. She was a communications consultant for Demand Justice. But more importantly, Biden's Supreme Court nominee selection, he's making it all by himself. It's in good hands because, well, he's not making it himself, actually. I mean, he's got some people working for her. Paige Erwig, she is the head of the White House Judicial Nominations Team. Okay, guess where she used to work? Yeah. Yeah. Deputy chief counsel, demand justice. My gosh, it's a tight little family there, isn't it? Now, by the way, I want to remind you that these guys, um, their short list of Supreme Court nominees, um, Biden appointed four of them to jobs in his administration, including the health and human services secretary uh, and, uh, all of these people uh, civil rights of education department of uh hhs associate attorney general all from these guys i mean these were the one. what a coincidence so where do these people get that kind of money because i was you know part of the tea party we never had a million dollars to throw around let alone these, this kind of money? Who are these people? Well, it's part of an incredibly power, uh, powerful dark money funnel. And the organizer at the top of this funnel are these people, Arabella Advisors. This was started in 2005 by Eric Kessler, a veteran of the Clinton White House. Arabella says it provides, quote, Strategic guidance for effective philanthropy. Wow. I guess promoting and funding things like abortion is philanthropy to the left now. So Arabella, that's a business, by the way. This is not a 501c3. They're making money here. Uh, They're very serious about things, and they manage five separate funds or funnels. I like to almost think of them as Laundry machines, what you'd be laundering, I don't know, but that's the way I like to think of them. So they have five separate funds, but we're going to fo- focus on four of them tonight. Money flows into each of these funds from donors. And then they spit out things like demand justice. I love these guys. They were everywhere. It's a fire hose to hundreds of nonprofits. All from them. So, for example, demand justice is in the flowchart here under 1630. So you can give to 1630, all right, all you want. But you'll never be connected to demand justice because the 1630 fund just gives, oh, my gosh, almost laundered cash here. So we've erased all traces of where that money comes from. Oh, Tides Foundation, you were special once, but it's 2022. In 2020, the 1630 Fund collected individual donations as large as $50 million. We don't know who gave that $50 million. But then 1630 gave out grants to over 200 groups. Now, remember... A donor can't give over $200 to a political action committee without having their name uh, someplace posted. But a donor can give these people $50 million or more. And they in turn, because we all have grown to trust the brand of 1630, right? Right. And so we know they're going to take care of our money in the way we want it. So we know that they're going to shepherd that money until it finds the right sheep. Oh, and any PAC, any of these, anything that they have going on, Arabella, Arabella funds do exactly that. OK, 1630 alone gave sixty three million dollars to Biden and Democratic super PACs during the 2020 campaign, including Everybody's favorite, the Lincoln Project. The nonprofits that these funds give money all promote and support far left causes, and they're all over the map. Some are legitimate organizations with budgets and staffs, but hundreds of these nonprofits are more like, oh, I don't know, a shell nonprofit, pop up nonprofits, created to make them look like they're. local people just like you. I mean, sure. Yeah, I grew up right around Boston. I've lived in Boston my whole life. Uh Uh-huh. In 2020, the 1630 fund alone spent $410 million to help Democrats with attack ads and get out the vote campaigns. My gosh, 410 just for the ads? Wow. This is a really good fund. Now, that's more than the Democratic National Committee spent. $7 million of that went to a group called Piedmont Rising, who campaigned against North Carolina Republican Senator Tom Tillis, who was running for reelection. Well, some of the attack ads, I mean, some people would call them mis, dis, or malinformation, they were made to look like they were local news reports From the North Carolina Examiner, watch. Breaking news today, the U.S. House has passed a law to give Medicare the power to negotiate lower drug prices. But advocates are worried that Senator Tom Tillis plans to block this measure. Wow, I'm sure I would watch her every night if North Carolina Examiner was a real news outlet. Isn't this what the left says the right does all the time? This is misdis and malinformation because that organization doesn't exist. It was nothing more than an anti Senator Tillis campaign by the nonprofit Piedmont Rising, which was funded by 1630. Who's doing the fake news again? That's misinformation, malinformation that nobody cares to look at. Why? Because they're incredibly well-funded. Arabella's five funds spent $1.2 billion in the 2020 campaign. We don't know who they are. We don't know where the money comes from. No idea. Do you think maybe? Do you think maybe by accident Vladimir Putin gave to one of these funds thinking it was going to help Donald Trump who knows we don't know and by the way Arabella is in the pro uh, for profit wing of this elaborate setup so the 2020 in 2020 these funds paid Arabella because they managed these groups they paid Arabella 46 million dollars in management fees wow what a great gig and all you have to do is set up these Things, these funnels, these laundromat machines. Okay, in a minute, we're going to zoom in on one of them, on the new venture fund. And I'm going to introduce you to my new love. Next. Oh, George, George, listen, I, I mean... Yes, I've been seeing someone behind your back and exposing them, but I want you to know when I say he's the new you, it's not like you're going anywhere and you are starting to look like the evil emperor from Star Wars, but you will always, I mean, what will a nonstop money buffet be like without you, you practically invented it. It's just, I don't know. Oh, how to choose, how to choose. And you have already donated so much to the great people of Arabella. Oh, I love them. But I love him and you. I can only pick one tonight. And I'm going with Hans-Jörg Wies. Ah, I love him. Yes, my new George Soros. And I say new because, I mean, he's not new. Look at him. Boy, has he let himself go. And I should know. I mean, (laughs) anyway, you think it's going to be a crazy, crazy thing. He is on the board of, and this is how closely related, this is why I love both of them. He was actually on the board of directors for the Center for American Progress, which you might remember was what? Yes, started by John Podesta. (laughs) Isn't that, you know who John Podesta went for the this guy. All right, now Vise made billions of dollars, you know, on some financial, you know, or some medical device. I'm sure it was a, I don't know, but probably. I mean, look at him. So, um, he's got billions of dollars and he wants to fundamentally transform America. Well, who doesn't? So, he put together something called the Vise Foundation. Yeah? And the Burgermeister Meister Burger Foundation. Actually, it's just called the Burger Foundation, but I thought I'd throw that in. Now, through his donations, he's a giver. Weiss has dumped megatons of cash into Arabella funds. Did you do that, Hans Jorg? He's crazy. He didn't even tell me this. Oh, I even love you more. So Meister Burger Burger Foundation and the Weiss Foundation. Hey, the we- these guys roll a whole bunch of money. In fact, in between 2016 and 2020, his VS Foundation donated over 27, 27 million hard-earned dollars to the New Venture Fund. You remember Arabella? And his Burger Action Fund donated over 135 million dollars To the 1630. He gives until it hurts. I mean you, but he gives till it hurts. New Venture is the oldest and largest fund in Arabella's network. New Venture, also the wing of Arabella, that is mostly (laughs) this is so crazy. Mostly closely uh, related to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. These crazy kids. I bet they met on the ski slopes, you know, someplace like, I don't know, starts with a D and ends in Avos. The Gates Foundation has donated $250 million to New Ventures since 2009. Now, money is constantly flowing between all of Arabella's funds. I mean, it's like an orgy of cash. It really is. It goes in through one of their funds and back to Arabella through tens of millions of dollars in management fees. But who, who's counting? I'm sure it's counted for the last dollar. Nobody is getting rich off of this. So, for example, in 2020, New Venture was the largest donor to the 1630 fund. So this fund that is overseen by these guys, they gave $86 million to 1630. Okay. Through his two foundations, Wies donates millions of dollars to the new venture and 1630. And they, in turn, fund hundreds of left wing political action nonprofits. It's great. And they also now fund something started by that crazy cat, Wies, the Wies Foundation called the Hub Project. <gasps> but a hub, the Hub Project, that implies that maybe, maybe there'd be spokes around the hub. According to the New, Time, New York Times report, the hub project was started, quote, to partly shape media coverage to help democratic causes. Flat, I'm a giver. Mm. In 2017, uh, the Hub Project organized marches calling on President Trump to release his tax returns. I thought that was spontaneous. It wasn't. It was all by these guys. During the 2018 midterm elections, they organized $30 million in ad campaigns against Republicans running for Congress. Again, Using the model I told you about earlier tonight, the Hub Project created 14 smaller groups all around the U.S., like Floridians, for a fair shake, and New Jersey, for better future. I believe this so deeply in my heart. I'm from New Jersey. I grew up here in Bronx. Bronx not in... Well, in area. In area. You know, sometimes... Many of these smaller state-level groups also received additional money from 1630. But at the ground level, they're just a group of local citizens. That's all. I'm not, I am from around here. Which is exactly what the Hub Project in Arabella's funding wants the network to look like. Last year, the Hub also began producing a podcast called Made to Fail with CNN legal analyst Elliot uh, Williams, I think this one keeps his hands to himself, you know what I'm saying? Um, This is all about, quote, pulling back the curtain on conservative policies. If you go to the Hub Project's website, you won't find any mention of Hans Jung, what the, how do you say his name? Yes, Hans von Wies, I love him. Name rolls right out of tongue, you know? You won't find anything about him or his foundation. In fact, his role in creating it would still be a well-guarded secret if it wasn't for those kids in that van and that damn dog. Or WikiLeaks. Uh, Also, the New York Times did some digging. And I've got a shovel myself. Here's how the New York Times explains it. Quote, "'Information about Visa's involvement came from interviews with five people with knowledge of the Hub Project.' an eternal memo from another liberal group that was obtained by the New York Times and the appearance of the Hub Project's business plan in a tranche of data made public by WikiLeaks. According to U.S. officials, the data was stolen by Russian intelligence from the emails of John Podesta, who has been advisor to Mr. V. Yeah. Now, according to that New York Times investigation, the Hub uh, Project's employees are paid by New Venture and 1630. So they're pretty much out of the same ecosystem, you know, and they clearly support all the political activities. Now, this is a potential legal problem for... I don't even want to say it, Hans-Jörg. I don't. But, I mean, if you're not a U.S. citizen... I hope you like striped pajamas. Foreign nationals without green cards are not allowed to make direct or indirect donations to PACs, much less control super PACs of their own. Ah, foiled again. I'll get you next time, Scooby. But in 2018, the Hub Project's executive director confirmed that the Hub controls a super PAC now called Change Now. And as I showed you earlier, 1630 alone makes enormous donations to PAX. We don't know where they get the money. All anonymous, thanks to their nonprofit status. And New Venture is 1630's largest donor. And VEAS has donated at least $160 million to New Venture. And 1630 just since 2016. So ultimately, it's just a big old American melting pot of cash. Flowing to PACs and nonprofits campaigning for every major left wing policy from abortion to court packing. Last year, a watchdog group filed a complaint with the Federal Election Commission alleging that these nonprofits operate this PACs. What? Please, I'm having cocoa now with Little Swiss Miss. It's clear that they do base. I can't do anything but a Russian accent now. I try any other accent. It's that or Southern. Anyway, uh, it's clear that they do basically operate as a pack. Um, it's just semi-disguised uh, through Arabella's dark money system of filtering and shuffling and doing some laundry. laundering. I'm just, I mean, with clothes. I don't mean, whew, you didn't think. It's kind of like the classic sidewalk hustle, where the guy moves the cups around and you guess where the object is. For you and me, it's... Uh, it's called donating to a pack. For progressive elites, it's called philanthropy. But look, there's nothing to see because it's not in the, under any of the cups. You see, the Hub Project is all about, and I quote, working, working to strengthen our democracy, protect access to health care, and assure the economy works for everyone. Oh, hans Did you really say that? It's Now, I'm sure for those very noble reasons that three people from the Hub Project were hired by the Biden administration to serve as an official in the Environmental Protection Agency, the director of the White House Military Office, and the chief economist for the Labor Department. What? No, you know what? I won't hear it because... The demand justice already had people, and now these guys, and it's the same frickin' cash? I mean, dark money influence. Pshaw! After the break, I'll tell you about the next one. The other funnel. The Hopewell Fund. Yeah. And it won't come as a shock. You know, the left-wing pushing to censor misinformation. Turns out to be slightly hypocritical, Hopewell Fund. Now we're gonna to go to the Hopewell Fund. This is the 3rd nonprofit fund that is managed by the group Arabella. George, it's just temporary. You will be involved, I promise you, but you... So clingy. Stay. The Arabella Advisors. As a reminder, these funds collect hundreds of millions of dollars in donation from mostly anonymous donors who get to stay anonymous because of the nonprofit status of the funds. Then these major funds turn around and disperse money to hundreds of other nonprofits and PACs doing everything from judicial activism, like Demand Justice, which I showed you earlier, to targeted political ads for congressional candidates. Now, the one really fun thing that I think makes Hopewell Fun uh, operate in just a different way is the Democracy Docket Legal Fund. And I I think this says it all um, because it is run by a dear, dear friend whose name might ring a bell. I mean, quite honestly, it looks like his face rings the bell. But Mark Elias. Now, we know him because he works for the D.C. law firm Perkins Coy. Wait a minute, Mark. Hair club for men. Uh, he I, Wasn't he the general counsel for Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016? And the guy who hired Fusion GPS to uh, gather that opposition research on Donald Trump, which, you know, uh, created the steel dossier. Yeah, that's you. I knew it was him. He was the guardian of all of that information and the dossier and the payments to Fusion GPS. Now, that's crazy. Back to democracy docket. Because... Democracy, it means something to the Democrats. In 2020, Elias became the Democratic point man for their nationwide legal strategy to expand mail-in voting. Yes, that was Elias. He practically made his entire career out of voting cases. And, um, well, in part because of, I have to do it, Oh, my first love. Left-wing giant, he hates the America's voting laws. It's George Soros, so they're gonna snuggle up here. Who would you, Tiger? Uh, before the 2016 election, Soros gave Elias's law firm five million dollars, specifically earmarked to litigate cases around the U.S. involving photo ID requirements, limitations on early voting, and handling of absentee ballots. On election night, the DNC keeps a plane ready near Washington D.C. to take Elias anywhere in the country where a Democratic candidate, candidate might be facing a recount. He's a man of action. 2017, Elias joined the boards of Priorities USA. I mean, Priorities, Priorities, right? Now, this is a left-wing super PAC. Priorities USA was put in charge of Elias's crusade against all of the voting laws. So in this great... Now, guess who joined Elias on the Priorities USA board in 2019? You're going to love it. Yes, Stacey Abrams. I mean, she still claims that voter suppression robbed her of the Georgia governorship of 2018. And you've got to hand it to her. She actually sounds like she believes it at this point. Now, this is the same year that Mark Elias joined Priorities USA board. They got just under $5 million from the Hopewell Fund. Well, now Mark Elias is getting in on this nonprofit gravy train. He left his big law firm of Perkins Coy just last year and started his own nonprofit, Democracy Docket Legal Fund. Now it's financially supported by the Hopewell Fund. By the way, uh, Hopewell also receives funding from my first love, George Soros including $5 million just in 2020. Now, if you're wondering why congressional Democrats and the White House are so obsessed with opposing stricter voting laws and expanding things like mail-in voting, it's because they've got some deep, deep, dark money pockets. That's why. But the misinformation about voter suppression Well, it's it. Well, I guess that is actually misinformation that the Hopewell Fund helps spread. Hopewell is a financial uh, is a financial backer of a group called Acronym. Acronym. Take two every day. Hopewell gave eight million dollars to Acronym in during the 2020 election. Man, they've got money coming out their butt. Acronym started in 2017 by Tara McGowan. You remember her, Democratic operative who worked on the 2012 Obama campaign and then uh, as digital director at Priorities USA. Well, Acronym works on voter mobilization and digital ad programs for far left clients. Some of its clients include Planned Parenthood and every town for gun safety. If you're not a member, you need to be. But let me tell you. There's something else that is going on, and it's all about good information. Next. You know, like every great love story, there's a child out there with a dream. Maybe they have cancer and they just need somebody to help them take care of that dream. Well, that young person in our story tonight is young Tara McGowan. She didn't have cancer. No, 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 But she did have a dream. She thought, could I start a newsroom with a small twenty five million dollar investment from acronym and I'd call my news service courier newsroom and we would we would target battleground states with news stories that would promote progressive causes and Democratic candidates. It's a dream. Don't you see it? Well, Courier does this by setting up what, yes, appear to be unbiased local newspapers with nonpartisan-sounding names. Now, you might go, this is fake news, but no, it's a dream. Now, the first of these non-local, non-local, non-newspapers was set up in 2019. It was called the Virginia Dogwood, followed by the Copper Courier in Arizona, and up north News in Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Well, now we have eight of these newsrooms around the country. These Courier newsroom sites collect data on visitors, which then are fed back to Acronym. And Courier pays to put news stories on sites and in Facebook feeds of voters. But Facebook is fighting all of these horrible people that are making it look like it's real news. They're working hard alongside of Terra and Acronym to... Help this poor little girl accomplish her dream. Well, Acronym gave Courier $1.4 million to help buy just the targeted Facebook ads in 2020. (laughs) Oh, they were on it. They wanted to make sure Facebook, it's an election. We are not going to put any of that under Biden stuff up, which turns out to be true, because we are going to guard the news. Which brings me to a media watchdog. It's nonpartisan. It's called NewsGuard. And NewsGuard describes Courier, the Courier Newsrooms as, quote, a clandestine political operation, publishing, among other things, positive stories about moderate Democrats, uh-huh, who face difficult reelections. It aims to reshape the digital media ecosystem by taking advantage of Americans' trust in local journalism. Taking advantage of American trust? Say it's not so, Tara. I was with your dream. Well, Tara McGowan left Acronym, she did, to focus on expanding her media projects because she, she got disillusioned and she was like, I, I know I can make this happen this time, and I know it won't be taken off course. Uh, so she left. Her nonprofit business is apparently pretty awesome. She started a new group called Good Information, which now owns Courier Newsroom. Now, Good Information plans to, quote, restore social trust in the media. Good Information also has this core belief, quote, we believe there's an urgent need for regulation of social media platforms. See, she's learned her lesson, I'm sure. That's why she started Good Information. She was like, I scammed the system. I'm a sinner and I must repent. Tara, get into the water. Get into the water. Well, she she wants to... Basically create a newspaper to churn out progressive pro- good information and make you think that it is legitimate local newspapers and, and market this propaganda to you on face. I'm sorry. She has to repent. Please, Tara, I want your dream to come true. All other misleading information on social media must be regulated, says Tara. Not hers, but everybody else. Now, McGowan claims that Part of her strategy, in strategy? Boy, that sounds bad. Starting good information was to create more separation from the Democratic Party to give her media ventures more legitimacy. I can't believe they say this crap out loud. Yet it has its seed funding from George Soros, Reed Hoffman, and other left-wing gazillionaires. You can always count on George. That's why in the end, I'm still with him. Now, when you take a good peek at Good Information Advisory Board, you're going to find people like Dan Pfeiffer, who is a senior advisor at the White House for Obama, and the two uh, co-founders of Check My Ads, which I love. They're a group like Media Matters that they campaign to get ads pulled from people like uh, Dan Bongino. They got him kicked off Google ads. It's crazy. These kids, they're, they're overachievers. It's fascinating that Democrats in the Biden White House are so concerned with rooting out misinformation and canceling people like Joe Rogan. And yet at the same time, the deepest far left pockets are pumping tens of millions of dollars into efforts to mislead Americans about voting rights and create Democratic Party propaganda that's made to look like legitimate local news. OK, that's great, but I'm not done. no. I told you I was going to cover four of those five funnels. And so I got time. Do I have time? Of course we do. We make time for you. We have the fourth funnel. It's Arabella's special child. And I mean that in the best of ways. It's the new kid on the block. It started in 2019 and it got a $9.3 million grant. To go ahead and start this up, I mean, these kids were starting out small. They were barely scraping by. And they got that from the 1630 Fund. That is great. These funds are crazy and generous to each other, like family members. The North Fund must be living right because a year later, it increased its revenue to $66 million. That's crazy cuz that's a, about a 613% increase. That's good for any business. 30 million of that came from 1630 fund. 11 million came from the new venture capital fund. They put 11 in the Arabella family. They love each other. Axios described North Fund as quote "shadowy even by the standards of DC advocacy groups." Hmm. During the 2020 election, North Fund spent $34 million on dozens of groups all across the U.S. promoting gun control, amnesty for illegal aliens, fossil fuel bans, and abortion. You know, the stuff all of us are for. North also campaigned for state ballot measures, including they spent $5 million to legalize marijuana in Montana, and they opposed a 22-week abortion ban in Colorado, by the way, Tara, your wish is coming through. Yes, they won on both of those issues. North Fund donated to Luca, Lucha, I don't know, Living United for Change in Arizona. Now, they're the group that followed Senator Kirsten Sinema into the bathroom to harass her for not supporting Biden's multi trillion dollar social spending bill. Those kids are tied into this. North Fund also sponsors the Voting Rights Lab, which works to change voting laws and reduce restrictions at the state level. This means things like opposing voter ID and pushing to allow convicted felons to vote. Voting Rights Lab calls itself a nonpartisan organization. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that would be a first. You can self-identify for whatever you want, but the truth is what makes things true back in a minute oh my gosh you two have only been using me to get to each other i've been betrayed